Welcome to another episode on the Duamaro podcast. This is a special episode. Um, I just hit the 200 milestone, so I'm pretty ecstatic about that. And I got one of my my favorite humans. He's a great mentor. Uh, I'll put him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's got <laughs> dozens of kids in, in school, continuously do it to this day. Um, the one and only Mike Weinstein, who's the director of Fundamental U. It's, it's a pleasure. To, to finally have you on here, man. I, we built a relationship over the years, and I appreciate you for uh, coming on this morning. How are you? Um, I'm doing well. Good morning. And, and you know, I got uh, I have much appreciation for you because I know what you're about in a crazy business uh, of basketball. It's great right. to be around. How, how has things evolved from your time, right? Well, like for, for the people that just heard about you, um, they know about your program, they know you have a great culture. A winning culture and and you get you get kids in the school uh most importantly how is this thing involved that that you've been seeing well it's you know my story is a long story i've been doing this now this year 30 um it was never started to be a business it was started out of a passion of basketball very important to me and what it's given to me in my life not just the game but relationships ability to work with others deal with adversity and then wanting to give back the things that i learned and the choices I made that were the wrong choices at times. Um, I really feel like, you know, last night as I was helping a kid decide what he wants to do, we got a kid who's going to commit to Valpo to refer to walk on because he wants to be a coach. And I told him what an amazing opportunity. Um, I wish I had someone like me talking to me when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, even in my career, 20, 21, just someone to bounce off, um, ideas and questions and give me real genuine answers without any alternative motive except for helping me. So that's what my programs have always been about. It's about helping. I'm a big believer in always trying to help people, whether it's my players, my parents, my own coaches, um, trying to give true, genuine answers. Right. So in this, like, you know, I don't do a ton of things like this, but I have such respect for you because I know what you're about. You're a guy who loves the game. You love the kids. You were lucky because you had some really good people that helped you mold your life. And so the reason you're successful at this is because you have passion for it, because you love it, because someone helped you fulfill your passion and keep you on the right track. So you're turning around doing the same yeah. thing now. A absolutely. And uh, what was it like? I, I covered you. I was in... Um... I was in Atlanta, right, for, for Under Armour, and I was I was going through the calendar, and you told me you were coaching this past AAU season. I never got to see you actually coach, and I saw the passion, and I and I saw the energy at the game against the Wolves. But before that that game, what was it like being back on the sidelines, being the head coach and, and coaching your kids? Yeah, you know, so for me, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, I – Try to step back a little bit the last couple of years where I was coaching my coaches, um, sitting on the bench, helping them coach them, help coach the games. And then I was fortunate enough two summers ago, I got a coach in Israel um, for the Maccabi Olympics. Right. And I really enjoyed coaching again. I had my, I, I, I just, I, I love uh, coaching the game. You know, I love the culture. I think all the stuff that you do outside of the actual game leads to this fun part of the game. So to me, it's what you do every day in practice, how you message, how you stay on track. When you get to the game, the game should be the fun part. The game is the right. adjustment. The game is battling with your guys together as one team. Um, 
So after doing that in Israel and watching my group over a month really improve doing the stuff that I've always done, um, I got off the plane and I remember having a, my, my coaches meeting and told the guys I will be coaching again this year and I know what things I want the program to do. And my coach, the guys I coach with are amazing. I've got some amazing people right now. Were they were able they, to process it though, Mike? The When you gave them that, hey, take a step back, I'm going to be the head coach. Did they take offense to that or did they just buy in oh. quickly? They all saw me coach before and knew my history and success. Most of them have played for me. Okay. And they all program still had had a good year, but not a great year in some senses. And they wanted um, my guys. Listen, the best thing about a player or a coach, if you want to be successful, you got to want to listen. You got to want to get better. You're always going to get have to get better. It never ends. You never know more than everyone else. And especially when you're younger, you're trying to be you trying to be the smartest guy in the room. Smart guy in the room doesn't always win. Right. And sometimes you take a step back. And I've got to make, I'm lucky. That's why I enjoy what I do because I've got amazing people that I work with. And they all were all, they're all excited. They're all on board. And, um, you know, they had, they, the whole program this last year, all of our teams, we had 15 teams. Our weaker teams had winning records. And I am very proud because all our teams play the right way. All of our coaches coach the right way. It doesn't matter the score, it's a matter about, the product and how we play and how we do things. And doesn't matter if you're up 20 or down 20. When someone walks in the building and sees you playing, you will play the right way. And and you have to have everyone to buy in to do that. And I have I'm lucky I've got great families. I've got great kids and I've got amazing staff of guys. But as for me personally coaching again, yes, I enjoyed yeah. I made sure everyone know knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, my, my captain this year, uh, who also played for me in Israel, has been with me for five years, Logan Feller. We call him the president, Nutris 6 4 point guard. He's going to play at John Hopkins next year. Nice. He knows every time we win, I turn, you know, whether it was in Israel, he's known me forever. Same, some of the guys have been with me for a long time. Um, Josh Fridman and Pat Schaller and, and Owen Janulius, they would tell you, like, as soon as we win, I look at him like, hey, who won again? Like, you did, coach. Yeah, you coach with so much passion. Mike and and so much energy and I feel like you're always learning and trying new schemes you know even though you've been in the business for a while how often do you catch yourself learning something new when you're out there on the field what you learn more is reiterating the really good stuff to stick to you don't have to have super intricate stuff you know you could add depending on your roster but you have to have this goes for all coaches and this is a the only as I watch games, it drives me out sometimes. Whether it's a high school, AU, college, or pro, you have to have a system that you is your backbone that you know you believe in and you're passionate about what you want your teams to do. And more like principles, right? I right. know I want my teams, first of all, will learn how to play really good man-to-man defense. They will really know how to play help each other defense and rotate to cover each other's butt. We play for each other. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean we don't throw in a zone or a press or a trap once in a while. Of course, we do, depending on situations or personnel. But our backbone is we're gritty. We talk. We communicate, right? So that every day from the day we have our tryout, every day in practice, which you've seen, we demand talking. We demand communication. We demand looking out for each other. So that sets the tone immediately. And then offensively, you know, people ask me, this year's team, Averaged seven or less turnovers in over 50 games, including stop clock, under armor, shot clock games. 
Think about that. Under seven in AAU team. That's big time. And people say to me, well, what did you do? What do you do? To, what drills are you teaching? I go, it's not drills. We teach every day. Value the ball. Value the ball. Get, and we talk about playing simple. Play simple. If it's not there, right. get it to the next. You Make know, the right and, read. And they buy and they buy into what we're doing. And so offensively, we, 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 we're more of a teaching spacing and getting each other a shot. Uh, we love scoring off the pass is a big thing with us. So driving the kick. We're driving to hit a cutter, you know, we're cutting hard, catching. Um, it's a big part of our program is teaching the kids how to play really efficient, clean, smart team basketball. And it's fun. When you play this way, if you learn how to play like that, if you go back to the 70s, 80s, and 90s and ask guys, like, there's nothing more fun than playing with guys who share the ball and help each other be successful. So right. that's a little about team. You – um. I had the privilege and, and the pleasure to to watch you guys and observe practice, and I see the cohesiveness. And I think young coaches and grads roots feel like they could put a team together and go play on the weekend and have high expectations. But you prep 28, 24 to 48 hours prior to that weekend. I think you guys practice at least two to three times a week. How important is still practicing? Because I see a lot of young coaches who just think they could put a team together and go out and, and win and then get upset when they don't get the results. Listen, it- to play anything good, especially team sports, you have to have individual work. You have to have, to have strength and conditioning work. You have to have teamwork. If you're skipping practice, how do you expect the teamwork to work in the game? You know, kids are doing lots of individual work and a lot of individual skill sets, right? And then they're doing maybe two-man game stuff. But how are they learning how to play together as a team? And so we pride ourselves that we teach you how to play and I would tell any younger coach, you know, I know you want to do stuff when you watch the NBA. Most, what's the, what's the percentage of kids in the world that play NBA basketball? It's under what, 1.5% or something like that? Right. How many kids are in the NBA? I don't even know. A thousand uh, for, guys? Uh, for the NBA, besides, I think, is it is it 462? It, it's under 500, right? In, in, in the NBA. 500 kids play in the NBA. 500 total people ever. The best players of the world. They are so special which is amazing. We don't need to teach everything that NBA. We need to teach kids how to play and be efficient in playing. And then as they go up the ladder, sure, they can learn those other things that are amazing one-on-one stuff. But if you want your team to be successful, you need to do team stuff, whether it's team defense, team offense, how to play together. Um, Yeah, we prep constantly on how to play. And we love – I'm a big messenger. Like, we are huge. You can't tell – kids today one time and think it's going to stick you have to constantly stay with your message and teach and teach that's one thing i learned from fundamental you was how important it is to teach even though if the kid like you're in the business of teaching kids now and kind of explaining your why well accountability right you you want to teach your kids it's okay to be like my kids in our program know like we're very aggressive we're very loud them aggressive we want them allowed and we push them we jump them when they're wrong we tell them that's a bad choice and then we move to the next possession we never we talk about possession by possession keep moving on like our kids get like when we jump them it's not like oh coach is being mean coach is calling me out no it's coach knows i'm better like we talk about this like we and we'll pull a kid aside if we have to talk about Am I wrong? I think you're really good. I think you can do that. 
But if I'm being too demanding, tell me and I'll, I'll pull back. And so what happens is our kids, I have a degree and a master's in psychology. I don't even do that. And I think the biggest part of anything in life, right? I know plenty of really talented people that aren't successful. I know plenty of people that might not have had all the talent in the world, but are super successful. And it comes between a lot of us between your ears, right? We get our kids to buy into, I am better. You're right, coach. I'm good. I should do that. So it's a difference of when we coach or jump our kids, it's not coaches being mean or I'm getting yelled at is, oh, dang, coach is right, man. I'm better than that. I shouldn't make right. that play. I got it. Right. So that's a different way of approaching. So I would tell, I tell our young coaches all the time, even when you yell sometimes, and I was a yeller. I get it. When I was younger, I wish someone to help me. Like I was considered a very aggressive, very smart coach, a very demanding coach. And I had to learn over time that the messaging is more, is really important to get, especially as the kids have evolved, right? The world has evolved. We're all on the phones nonstop. We're looking every 20 seconds what we're looking at. You got to stay on track. Like we talk about staying on your track. Um, Did you notice that coach that you were a, a very, let's say, demanding coach, right? Like Sean Woods, who was my coach at Moorhead State, once I left Oliver Purnell at DePaul, he said, don't listen to how I'm, I'm, I'm saying the message, right? No, don't listen to my roar. Listen to the message. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I my intent is pure. And when you reflect, do you like still regret the way you used to coach or do you be like, damn, I was one of those coaches that was just always yelling. Uh, I over and it's helped me. And that's what my guys, what I coached. I'm so used to my whole life being the guy to make everything work. I'm so yeah. used to do. Were you coached like that? Do you think it rubbed off? Cause you was coached like uh, that. Coaches who taught me really good stuff about team basketball and clean basketball. I was very lucky. Um, and I had, I worked my butt off to get everything I ever achieved. I have a long story. It's a long basketball. I was very sick when I was little and I had spinal meningitis, which, which they told my parents I would never play sports. I had to go to a gymnastics coach just to learn balance walking. Um, and I would sit in the backyard with a basketball by myself. And that was my, that was my temple, my church, my, 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 my home. Because in my mind, I loved, you know, three, two, one, right. shoot it. I uh, didn't make it, but you know what? I kept doing that over and over. And it was my, that was my place. Um, and I was a kid who didn't make teams when he was younger and I was a freshman B bomber. Um, but then I was a varsity starter. Uh, I was on a varsity starting team that won one game as a junior. And, you know, I was told I'm not going to be the starter and yeah, overcame became a really good player senior year. And we won the conference, the exact same team. So I learned about hard work, like sticking to your guns and working with your team and um, so I've just had this, and that's a quick synopsis, but I think right. this long basketball and adversity and dealing with adversity. And so I love giving back to my guys like, hey, don't try and say a million things in the huddle. Like one of our biggest things now is every time a timeout happens, I pull our coaches away, including myself. If you watch us, we, we get together and talk. There's two reasons. One, as a coaching staff or as a coach, take a breath. Think about what you want to talk about. Hit those couple points. But two, because we are a huge communication program, we love it. it. Makes the kids sit in the huddle and talk to each other. Now they're talking about what they see, what they don't see. Like college, we, and we coach different. Like we go into the huddles. Like my guys know, like we're going to run something, but we have full freedom to make basketball choices. If you see something, go be aggressive. I'm good. And then we ask kids, "What do you see? What do you think? What do you like?" Like 
that's the fun part of coaching games. That's why we do so well in the games. I mean, this last year's team, you didn't have anyone higher than a one-star recruit. You know, we won whatever it was, 36 of the 50 games or 37 of the 50 games. We, you know, we beat two EYBL teams. We took three to the wire. Um, we beat five UA teams. We lost the two of them, one of them at the buzzer. Um, that's that's team. I love And we love that. Like, we love, like you talk about the game you saw. Like, right. we love that. You know, before that game, if you had watched us, you know, we beat SOH. People thought, oh, you're going to get killed by SOH. We beat the hell out of SOH. Right. Right. Then the game you saw us win. We were up. We could have lost. No, we knew we were going to win. Right. That's how you have to look at it. Just like the next game we played uh, KC running, whatever. We were down 15. We didn't panic. We kept, let's go. We keep doing what we do. We won right. that game. Like, that's like, I love that stuff. I love coaching. It, it's the, you get a high out of when you take guys who are underrated, you know, under recruited um, guys that other coaches didn't have confidence. And then like your program instills confidence. Cause I think that's one thing a player needs is to have the coach have confidence in them to perform well. And also the culture of the team helps a player get over the hump. There's, there's no doubt that the culture of your program, you know, people talk culture, 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 don't talk it, live it every day stand by it right and make sure you're you're accountable yourself your players and your other coaches and even your parents like everyone's got to be accountable doing things the right way if you can't communicate with your players or your other coaches and have open conversations it's you're it's it's gonna it's gonna separate it's gonna slowly pull right like my coaches get mad at me. I get mad at my coaches. Guess what? We talk it out. We know we love each other. We know we're genuine. We know we care. So we'll make it work. Like, that's a big part of what we are. I think today, with today's kids, more than ever, they need that. Right. More than ever. And kids will tell when a coach doesn't care. They'll tell the kid when a coach is not genuine. Like, it's 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 good to be a, tell your kids to be accountable, but you're in it with your kids. Like, don't blame your Well, I got you the shots you didn't make. You're just not good. Like, well, now you're just separating yourself from your kid. Like, it's it's a lot more communication than ever. I've even in the on the media side, like players trusted me with their eternal schools that they don't want out to the public. Um, and I think there's ways of young coaches need to understand how to connect with the kid. You know, besides using them for their talents, like hey, like kids are more in tune with society more than ever. They're on social media. A 30-second video can give them a synopsis of a two-hour event. <laughs> and, yeah. and they form their own opinions. And players talk eternally with one another. And I think that's something you do a great job is connecting with your kids because it looks like they really love playing for you and your staff. Yeah. I The, the greatest thing of for me of coaching is when I have guys that I love that fight for each other, fight for, you know, put everything on the line. And we can laugh, we can yell, we can smile, but when it's time to compete, we'll compete our asses off for each other. Like we play, that's probably the biggest compliment I got all year this year. Why people watching me coach again? Like your guys play for each other. Your guys play for too. Like it's very noticeable how hard they play and like playing for each other and keep it clean and simple. And that that's because they're great kids that they're hundred percent want to do that. Right. Their parents are great people that come give us that opportunity to work with their kids. And then, and it's not just me. Like I'll take 
credit that, yeah, I won again. But guess what? I won again because of the kids, the families, my staff, the people around me were all together helping each other win. One coach and one player, except for maybe Michael Jordan, don't win by themselves. Absolutely. I said that, I said that Michael Jordan to get all the younger kids. <laughs> I like the battle of my players, you know, that never saw Michael Jordan play um, with the LeBron stuff. I say that because I coached all the Bulls because I was lucky enough to grow up in that era. Right. I actually grew up in games. Nice. And then enjoy the game, which we were one of the largest programs in the country for years. I had all the Bulls kids. All of them played for me. So I got to deal with that. Right. Rising stars, right? Was it the rising stars? Enjoy the game, rising stars. And we were we were we were killing it, but I was working like a crazed man. And people always ask, why did you sell? And I, I the truth of the matter is I sold because I had lost. I, I felt like I didn't uh, all I was doing was working. We were right. doing a half out of a small facility and we we're killing it and we we're sending kids everywhere and i sold because i i i, I wanted out i mean how many did events it. did you guys do at joy of the game we were one of the first live event programs we ran leagues every day there was something like it, all i could think about was the next day the next day and all of a sudden i wasn't um i remember when i sold i was actually to coach college but i didn't go in the end i took that year off and went to watch college basketball visit buddies coaching see players and the truth is, fundamentally, you started because how Joy the Game worked was you would grow up in the program, and someday the top 17-year-old team, you wanted to play for Coach Weinstein. Now, I coached all the camps at clinics. I was crazy, and I had a great staff there, too. Um, for the kids, after I left, who had grown up in the program that were 16s, I flew and watched them play when they were 16s to try and get coaches to look at them, and I helped the other kids, even though I'd already sold the business. I was right. done. Kids. And those four kids got together on their own, knew where I lived, texted me, we're coming to your house. This was right after that summer, after I'd sold. Andrew McCall played at Davidson. Stephen Cook played at Princeton. Sam Downey played at Yale. Sean O'Brien played at Southern Illinois. By the way, all four were all conference. And and uh, Bryce Zumsel played Miami, Ohio, five of them. They came to my house and said, Coach, we can't do this without you. You have to coach us, either coach us at Rising Stars or create another team. And right. the guy I sold to didn't understand that, whatever. So fundamentally, you started to be a one-year wonder. It was my teams are very fundamental, and people who know me, I'm a little sarcastic. Right. Fundamental, you, F you, la, la, la. I had the most fun coaching I had had in years. I just coached practice and games and all those we did great it was, it was going to be a one year and now we're year 12. That That's the joy and, and beauty of everything and and you know with the hurdles with with grassroots and teams in general you know got players leave for whatever personal reason what advice would you give young coaches you know who have a couple year program right and they have they have a little bit of success, but then that that main player leaves or a player that you really care about leaves to a bigger program. You know, you've dealt with it. Of course, it's just the nature of it. But, you know, you still have coaches that takes it personally against the kid and, and their family. How do you deal with that? Um, you know, listen, I tell this to <laughs> a, tell this to high school coaches. I tell this to college coaches because I deal with so long, so all my relationships. If God doesn't want to play for you, he doesn't want to play for you. <laughs> like, coach who wants to play for you and coach the hell out of them and care about those guys that you're with. You know, uh, I, I kids are still kids. So don't like, there's plenty of times you may not like a parent. Don't take it out on a kid. 
kid doesn't play for you, don't take it on the kid. Like if a kid does well, he's not playing for you. Don't be the guy quickly to put him down. Like, dude, like good for him, whatever. The only problem I have for young coaches, I would tell them one, care about who you're coaching, but two, teaching kids or going after kids during events while they're playing for other teams. Like I believe in moral compass Mm -hmm. and I, I'm not a I'm 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 not a religious guy, but I'm I'm a I'm a proud guy of values. I do believe that do things the right way and good things will will come to you. And maybe you're not coaching in the NBA or you're coaching at Division One, but you're coaching and you're helping people. And if you help one person, if you're in this business not because of what it gives back to you of helping someone, then you shouldn't be in this business. Like I never started Joy the Game to build a huge business. I didn't start Fundamental U to be a business. I, I do it because I love the game, the things I can help teach others be successful. And there's something special when a kid has success and you were a part of that. And if you don't get that back, then I don't think you should be coaching if you don't enjoy that part of it. Yeah, that's I always see um, coaches, right? They try to keep their players close to them, you know, in the gym. Um, we don't worry about that. It's funny. It's what we do. <laughs> like, we're really honest, especially now. This is what we do. This is what we value. You're a family to us. Like, if you want to be with us, great. If you don't want to be with us, that's okay. We tell people that. Like, right to, what do you mean? Like, yeah, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to sit here and hold your hand. Like, you want to be with us? Like, we will be – it's unique. The kids who play for us now, like, get on all the college players. And that means Division three. We don't care. Division two, Division one. Like, it's as long as you're playing college basketball, it's all, you know, if you're playing or you're working college basketball or whatever, like, you'd be amazed how many kids come back to, like, I can't believe you guys do all you do. Like, and just is that, like, a work thing. It's because we actually like our kids. We care about right. our kids. It's like, I went to go watch my kids starting at Princeton, the kids starting at Cornell, the kids starting at Wash U in the same weekend, right? That's beautiful. Right. And then I'm right away on the phone with my kid at Lewis. I'm going to go see the kid at Quincy. And then I'm trying the kid at Davidson. It's like, when are you going to come see me play? The kid at App State's, when are you going to come see me play? I'm like, I know I got to get to see you. Got to see you. But then I'm running over to go see the kid playing at um, Babson. Right. So it doesn't matter the highest level. It matters if you help someone. So I, I hope all coaches, I would hope they love their kids and love giving back. I get it. You want to have certain levels you want to get to. I think that's good, um, but do the job right first, and good things will come. Opportunities will come if you do things the right way. Coach, I was uh, stalking your Facebook, and and I, <laughs> I saw you you go to your players and, and support them right on the East Coast, and you know they're famous for their deep dish pizza, just like you know Chicago and and their pizza in general, the New York style, but. I, th I think you're a restaurant connoisseur. What's your, your favorite restaurant as we uh, wrap things up here? Oh, my God. Really? You're calling me yeah. out of like, Yeah. Oh, Got to get to the fun part. It's the best part right here. Listen, dude, I'm a big – I as anyone knows, I like to eat. I like to eat expensive. I like to eat cheap. I like to eat – my parents taught me if it's good, you eat it. Like, I'm a big believer of that. Um, if you're in Chicago, you know I feel. I told you, hit, hit the vets. Right. You should definitely. Got to hit Ocean Ball Burger. You got to visit my buddy at Bellari and have a good meal. Benny's the best. Um, I go all over the place. So if you're asking me different cities, I mean, whether it's Boston, getting a, a hot butter lobster roll at Neptune's Oyster, or it's uh, 
you know, New York, going to Joe's Pizza or Carbone or it's nice. got, I go, you know me, we love a good burger. You and I like yeah, burgers. So absolutely. Burgers. I'm going to go to uh, Cheval's cousin. Not the big Cheval. I think the little Cheval. It's like right down the street from me. Oh, no. You got to go. got to take the, I, I owe you, I think. It's on me this next. Yeah. We're going to we're getting the the bacon and then you're getting the we're getting the burger with the egg and the life is heaven you'll be you'll be ecstatic but i i tell anyone that whenever they travel especially if you're a coach like when you have a dead time don't sit in your hotel go for a walk walk the campuses or walk a, lot of, the- a lot of coaches just like to watch games you know I, and, and then they'll try to be content with mcdonald's because everything's closed after that 9 p.m game yeah, I, and I get it, but if you can, I'm a big believer. Try things. You, life is short. Enjoy every day. Enjoy life. Experience things. The simplest thing of going for a walk in it, like when when I was in New York, I walked every day, six miles. I was walking. Part of it because I want to get my walk in. Right. Two, it's just experiencing. I'm feeling the vibe of the city, and I stopped at this bagel place that was like a corner thing that was famous i think it was called uh i don't remember what it was called like corner bagel like it was and i see the line and the line disappears i sneak in and i get a bit like experience stuff right like yeah. i mean in boston i say oh my god the mike's cannoli i gotta sneak in to get a cannoli like experience things smile and enjoy and realize life is good because I always tell this to all of our kids. Like, we have a kid who's like shooting 10% in college right now. He's like, Coach, I don't know. I'm like, well, take a breath for a second, dude. You know what? Your life's pretty good, right? You're starting, you're getting a great education, you're getting shots, you're playing pretty good basketball. Like, okay, so you're not making shots. It's not the end of the world. It'll be okay. And he's like, Yeah, I didn't think about that, Coach. Like, I'm okay. Things are pretty good for me. I'm like, yeah, plus law of averages. You're going to have to make a shot sooner or later. I'm like, my God, Jesus. I'm, I love being sarcastic with our kids. We love yeah. to have fun with that. That's awesome. And, and, and Mike, I, I appreciate you again for coming on this podcast, specifically 200, um, making this episode special for me. And um, I know it's rare that you do these things, and you know I don't take it for granted. And, and that's why you were on my heart um, this week. I, I told you with you and being Cardi, being Cardi's out on the road um, calling games. Love being Cardi. Yeah, guy. great guy, great mentor mind as well. But um, Bro, Mike, me and Cardi wrote one year. I had a team that no one knew who my kids were if they were that good, and he wrote a paragraph. Mid monsters of the Midwest. I should look for the article. Yeah, I'll, Unmo- I'll text him that after this. He wrote it in ESPN, monsters of the Midway, and he talked about our group, the way they move the ball, the way they play, and how successful they made the Final Four of every event that they played in. Now that group ended up being. Some really good players and people didn't realize. Ben Brest, all Big Ten Wisconsin. Lenzel Smith, all Big Ten Ohio State. Ravante Rice, all Big Ten Illinois. Um, and then they had a, a Division Three All-American, two-time All-American, Chris Klimek at Wash U. To go along with some other really good players. Uh, Treloff played at Northern Illinois. Heldry played at William & Mary. And Alex Rossi played at Cal Berkeley. But no one knew who they were until we just started playing in our team against the best teams in the country. We just kept beating everyone. People were like, huh. Huh, you got to look at Weinstein's team. It was great. And that's okay. love that. All right. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I love that. It only thing is because I'm, I'm being cheap on zoom and it's like four minutes left and I don't want to cut us off. So um, I, I appreciate you and I, I can't wait for part two and we'll stay connected along the way. 
Hey, you know I got your back. You're a good person. I tell anyone, genuine people are winners. You're a winner, man. My guy. Thanks, coach.